Hyrule has got a big problem, and the only weapon we have to fight it comes in a tiny package. Just who is that tiny package? Link. Link's that tiny package. Hello, and welcome to the Legend of Zelda Games Club. Today, we are covering the Minish Cap, which is the 12th entry into the series uh, on the mighty Game Boy Advanced. Uh, this is a 2004 in Japan game and in Europe, 2005 in North America. I'm your host, Jeremy Schmidt. I'm going to introduce my, uh, my cohorts today, my fellow Picori, my fellow Minish people on the episode to help me uh, walk through this game. We have the great Michael Hearn. How are you doing, pal? Hey, I'm doing well. We have, of course, the uh, the fantastic July Diaz. How are you, sir? Hello, 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 hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and we have a uh, uh, someone who the, the Super NPC Networks has definitely seen t- again and again on 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 different shows, but I've actually never been on a podcast with this gentleman here. Uh, the delightful Eddie Martin. What's going on, pal? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this ep- episode. It was kind of a, uh, uh, I don't know if it was exactly, you know, short notice, but it definitely like I, I, I was struggling having, finding people to get on this uh, for these handheld Zelda games. You know, they're just not as popular as the console, as the console games. And, and Connor told me that you played this game as, as a child. In fact, he had mm-hmm. at one point borrowed your cartridge to try to give it a, give it a whirl himself. So, yeah, he was uh, not, yeah. he wasn't lying. He he did borrow it from me and he did, returned it at a respectable time because he's a stand-up guy. Yeah, that is Connor for you. A stand-up guy returning games at, at a I, I'm not that guy. And I also, and because I'm not that guy, I don't tend to borrow media or lend it out very often. Cause I in my mind, it's just you're basically giving somebody <laughs> your your thing when you're doing that. Um, I'm also a fan of Connor's stand-up. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of got a Dalia vibe about him when he goes up there. Not, not. I'm not, not, not the negative stuff. You know, just sort of the energy. Mm, I wouldn't know. I've never seen any of that guy's stand-up. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm super excited to talk about this video game because I'm not gonna lie. This was the reason I pitched a Zelda Games Club to Connor originally was because I really wanted an excuse to play Minish Cap, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks for the first time since I had never played any of those three. And and I wanted to be able to talk about it. And I knew the only way I could get people to talk about it is if I set it up this way, like it's a games club style uh, podcast. And that's sort of how the conversation started for The Legend of Zelda games club and uh when we divvied up our our titles at the beginning i made sure and claimed all three of those uh and at least one oracle game you know games that i again i I had never played um growing up uh so this is bob my uh this is my and uh, oh and majora's mask there's a there's a there's a handful of zelda games i I had never played before And, and so this was this was really exciting to me um I have uh, I have wow I have about like two more episodes of this show left and then I'm and I'm done with my part of it. I think Connor's looking at about the same too. 
pretty crazy. It's been a long. Wow. Congrats. I know it's been a long year. Um, I also do want to thank July and, and, and Hearn for being with me uh, a- along the way. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Y- you guys were with me, I think, on every episode that I did. I think. I think, I think, I think it is the case. Well, because I, I think maybe the Oak arena episode, Hearn, I don't know if you were on that one. I don't think I was on that one. I was, Oh, I'm not on it yet, but I did skyward. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I did Oracle with you and did I do Zelda Zelda two Two was me in July. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, You did Zelda two. Um, and that's as much as we'll talk about Zelda 2. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to get into more Zelda 2 talk. Uh, no, thank you. Okay, so I, I'm excited to talk about this game, but uh, as you can tell, I've I've played it for the first time for this show. Um, I want to hear where, where everyone else is coming from. July, let's start with you. Uh, what's your history with Legend of Zelda Minish Cap? First time playing it this time around. Uh, was aware of it when it came out, but... I don't know why I never picked it up. I would have loved this when it came out because playing it this time around, absolutely adored every minute of it. It's it it has that great balance of like it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's a nice and short game, but also mm-hmm. leaves you wanting a little bit more. The music's all great, uh, especially because some of it is just kind of remixed versions of other songs from other Zelda games. Uh, there's a lot of fan service in the game that I love returning characters. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just love playing this game. Yeah. Uh, what did you play it on? If you don't mind me asking, um, that's sort of private. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Michael Hearn. Hello. Give it to me, daddy. All right. Well, this was also the first time I played Minish Cap. Wii U. Um, I played on Wii U. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you got uh, over your fear of intimacy, Joy. Of intimacy, yeah. Uh, of intimacy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played it on... My sister owned this copy for Game Boy Advance. Like we, So when I was home a couple years ago and taking back some of my video games, I also took a couple of hers, and I took that copy with me. Because I wanted to play it. I never had before. And it wasn't until we did this book club of it that I was like, I'll play it now. Uh, so I played the actual cartridge and first time playing it. And I played it after I played through Skyward Swords. So this was like second in line of like the four I've played so far for this uh, podcast series. And I gotta say, like, I'm not as warm on it as some of you guys might be. But I also get part of it might be just contests and stuff. There's a lot to admire about it, though, and I think it being the only kind of Game Boy Advanced 16, 20, 30-bit original Zelda game is unique, and that gives it a lot of charm. Like, it looks great. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I can talk about that's both good and bad about it, so I'm excited. I, I do love that. Uh, I love that dynamic of having some people who are a little lukewarm, having some people that are really hot on the game, because I think it's going to bring up some interesting conversations. So I'll, I'll let's try to leave a lot of room for that. Uh, uh, Eddie. Yeah. What I got this your, game. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, no, I, I got this game right when it came out. I read about it mm. in Nintendo Power. Mm. Um, um, I got it from Costco. I remember vividly buying it from you there. You got it in a pack of like 100 oh. Minish Caps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got it in bulk. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I made a fortune at the schoolyard the next day. No, um, no. I, so I got it from Costco, and I, I really liked it as a kid. I grew up on Link to the Past. It's one of my most 
uh, formative games ever because I remember being a little kid and just being fascinated by it. So when I saw the pictures, I saw what it looked like. I had to have it. And I actually got stuck when I was a kid. I got stuck at one specific part and I just kind of gave up on it. And I gave up on it for a while. And then I revisited it um, about five or six years ago. I busted out my Game Boy or my GameCube with the Game Boy Advance player on it. Whoa. And I played it on my TV with my Wavebird controller. Ooh, and that was an experience. Yeah. That was the ideal way of playing this game. It was a lot of fun. You're like Nintendo's favorite customer. You buy all the peripherals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> I wish, shameful. man. I, I, I feel like I learned my lesson watching um, all uh, those GameCube peripherals. Era. Yeah, all of them skyrocket in the last couple of years and <laughs> in price. And just like now when Nintendo comes out with a little stupid thing for the Switch, I, I feel like just obligated to grab it, even if it's <laughs> something I'll never use. And I didn't do that with Labo. And I feel like that's going to come say, back That's to a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't think that's gone up. You don't, don't think, think that's well. going to skyrocket? No, at least <laughs> Ring Fit kind of like had its moment. Rain even that's just gone back, back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since you only can use it for Rain Fit. It's not like a Game Boy player. Yeah. Um, as uh, as you guys kind of alluded to a little bit, this there is some really notably interesting things about Diminished Cap that I think set it apart from all the other games in the series. But also kind of like what July was saying, there's a, a equally as much fan service and uh, like, again, like reissues and remixes of old of old songs and kind of old ideas. And there's some things that start in this game that they'll end up kind of using later on in later games that I was kind of I was a little charmed by getting to see like, you know, things like the gust jar and the um which comes back in Skyward Sword. Yeah, Skyward Sword, yeah. Yeah. And, okay, um, don't, you don't need to spoil <laughs> Skyward Sword <laughs> okay, some more for me. Please. I'm not trying to spoil Skyward Sword. Oh, okay, boy. Now I know the ending oh, and I know okay. Gus Jar is back. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, no. <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, also, the Mole Mitts. That's another thing that comes back in, in Skyward Sword. I'm sorry, July. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, had to, okay. I have to. <laughs> I do not want to spend a ton of time talking about the development of this game unless you guys really want to. I think that like the these tend to be the like longer sections of these games club that I kind of like don't know if is as interesting. Uh, so I just, was hoping we could spend like a good hour, a good hour. <laughs> yeah. development. You know, I, I think there is probably a lot of really fun, interesting things about the development of the game. Um, but I'm going to keep it pretty, pretty uh, tight to just the things that I think are interesting. So, um, for example, Capcom uh, developed, obviously, the games, the Oracle games for the Game Boy Color. And uh, they actually continued to develop for the Game Boy Advance here with this game. That is one thing that I think is really interesting is that we're talking about a third-party developer and publisher who um, is coming into onto Nintendo's turf during a really uh, inopportune time for Nintendo. You know, Nintendo is kind of reaching out to a lot of different companies. We mentioned this a lot on the Oracle episodes, but it doesn't hurt to retread a little bit of that water here. They were, Nintendo was like, was like shitting the bed, (laughs) like royally. They were not in a good way. The GameCube um, is looked at to this day as a failure 
even though a lot of us like it, it was just didn't do that well for them. And they were experimenting a lot, trying to get like an older audience to kind of, to kind of come to them because the PS2 was doing so, so much better. And they were that more adult sort of prestige gaming console. Um, so yeah, so they, they, they farmed out, you know, a bunch of games to different companies and Capcom got the, the Zelda license for at least three titles. And I got to say, it really shows in all three titles. They like, they like, uh, you know, uh, I feel like these games are developed like, like, uh, July, you were saying like with a lot of love, like with a lot of, um, fanfare, because this is a game you imagine that's made by fans. So it was made by fans or you're saying that that's sort of the feeling you got. Well, that's the feeling I got, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like Capcom would be the fan here. Right. right they're right. A, they're clearly yeah. a fan of Zelda and they're making a game. And it, making- it does have a lot of, it's got a lot of heart in it. And there's a lot of different references to the this franchise as a whole. But another th- interesting thing is you said this game came out in America in 2005, right? Yeah. That's what, according to Wikipedia anyway, <laughs> which was around the time the DS was coming out. So they were pushing mm-hmm. the DS as well with this game. Yeah. Uh, if we can co- take a little trip back in time here, uh, 2005 is the year that, like you said, the DS launched. I believe that the the Wii will launch in 2006, but I think that the Xbox 360 launches in 2005. So that's kind of uh-huh. where we're at. Like the Xbox 360, when that comes out, that will end up winning that entire console generation. That's like the- love all the Zelda games on that system. Great, a lot of Zelda games like uh, yeah, Dark Siders, Fable. yeah, Fable, yeah, Fable. <laughs> Fable Three, <laughs> a good Zelda, yeah, uh, Gears of War, another great Zelda game. Blinks the Time Sweeper. Oh wait, that's <laughs> <a spot. laughs> yeah. Blood yeah. Rain. Oh, sorry, that's six. Yeah, that's yeah. GameCube as well. Choo Choo yeah. Rocket. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's uh, the. Uh, <laughs> um, I also I don't know. Hey, tell me if you think I'm crazy here, but I feel like. The look. Mm, I wouldn't want to throw that <laughs> word around. No, no, no. I'm giving you license to tell me that I'm okay. crazy here if you if you want to. I, I'll hold on. I'll okay, hold on to what you said. To, to hear wait what you said. Finish, yeah. And yeah, then I'll wait if you think that I'm crazy, just okay. label me as that. Okay. I'm giving you license to define me now. Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, um, I think when you look at this game, like you're even crazy. Oh yeah. my god! Well, you didn't even let me finish. So, no, okay. Uh, behind July's in his like background is a uh, is like a little screenshot from the game. When you just look at this game, I don't know why I th- I think this, but it just feels like there's something I don't know Capcomy about like the color palette mm-hmm. and choice mm-hmm. of it. Like I don't know how else to describe it other than I don't think Nintendo would have made the, this. I don't know if they would have made this game. You know what I mean? Like a game that looks like this, this vibrant, this colorful. Yeah. Right? I yeah. get you. Like the only other kind of comparison is like Link to the Past in this exactly. time because like the DS games haven't come out and like even Oracle Seasons is still like in that Link's Awakening Horizon version. This yeah. looks, yeah, like more on the level of like a Mega Man Zero type of like yeah color palette. Um, yeah. I agree. I And I also think that like like Nintendo obviously made Wind Waker, which is a very colorful yeah. game. But I, but even that game, I feel like when you see what they wanted to do portably with, um, yeah, Phantom Hourglass Phantom, yeah, it's definitely not this cartoony. It's not mm-hmm. this colorful, you know. 
Yeah, you're not crazy. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> you. thank you. And thank God. Wow. <laughs> I was kind of sitting on the edge of my seat like, what have I opened myself up for here? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I think it's I think it's something that Nintendo should constantly revisit is this idea of like farming out some of their mm-hmm. bigger IPs to like companies who yeah. have been wi- waiting on the sidelines, kind of just watching and being like, you know, you know, so have, tag me in Nintendo. It's yeah. Me, have it, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. me, the matrix of crypt of Necro dancer. Let me get in. <laughs> yeah. Rockstar exactly. games is ready for that M rated Zelda. Let's go. baby. <laughs> yes. Yes. Put link in vice city. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, other development notes here are um, that I care about are that this yeah. is sort of there's there's a four swords adventure tie in here. Like, you know, we'll get to that sort of in the story. But like, you know, you're on a you're on the hot hunt to complete your four sword, which is the name of the sword that you will get later on in, in the in Minish Cap. And it ties in sort of loosely with the. uh the four swords adventure games, which I'm not actually too uh, well versed in. Has anyone here? Does anyone here, yeah, can anyone here describe what the four swords stuff is? I had it. So yeah, I, the, literally the only person I played that game with was Connor. And Perfect. we would, I would go, I would <laughs> go to his house. I'd bring everything. And which then, is like playing with free ever people, you know? Yeah, yeah, in a sense, yeah, because he did his improv back then. Uh, <laughs> okay. he, he's he's improved a lot since then. I'll just say that. Yeah, no, uh, mm-hmm. he, he's had one character. It's kind of weird. <laughs> no, so we, um, you have you'd have to plug the the connect cable into the Game Boy Advance, and then plug. Mm-hmm. We each had to have our own yeah. on our own Game Boy Advances plugged into the thing. And mostly, like Game Boy Advance was used as a map, or as like you go into a room and like you look down at your Game Boy and, and be able to play. So there were some cool things it did, and it was really fun to play together. But solo, it it wasn't yeah. the same. It's kind of like that try that Triforce Heroes game that came out. I have that game, and it's it's useless solo. Like it's it's not fun at all. Like it's way more fun wow. with people. Yeah, I uh, I also had that game, and I it's just a weird it's a weird I kind of lonely dungeon crawler by yourself. Uh, I I want yeah. to I want to jump back into it to play around with it a little more, but I. So isn't so? There's a Four Swords adventure for GameCube, right? That's the game you're you're referring to. But yeah. There's also another Four Swords yeah, for game. game Boy Advance. For game it was Boy a, link, Advance. a link to the past. Re, they ported yeah. link to the past to the Game Boy Advance, and they included Four Swords Adventure with it. And is that different than the the GameCube game? It was slightly different, but they also worked together. If that makes sense. So all three <laughs> games could work together. Uh, well, those the Game Boy Advance version of Four Swords and the GameCube version of Four Swords work together, but not okay. like the past. Okay, so Minish Cap. Oh, Minish so, Cap technically is like a prequel to those games timeline gotcha. wise. Even though I don't think, yeah, I don't think it connects the same way. Right. Like, yeah. Literally. So Four Swords. So did Connor have to have his own copy of Link to the Past and Four Swords? He oh, did so on you, Game Boy. Oh, so you had to have. As many wow. cartridges as Game Boy Advance and the disc. And the cables. And the cable. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. And the swords. And, and the, the swords. swords. Wow. Was it fun with just two people? Yeah. 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 It was a blast. They should if they redid that for Switch with online play. Mm. I mean, there's four of us here. We could totally do it. Yeah. That'd be a lot that of fun. Would, that would be really great. 
I it's kind of like I think what we wanted Crystal Chronicles. Yeah, to be. and then I was something, about to say. something went sideways with that. What what was the what happened there? I but don't I, know. I think part of it too is that just the concept of Crystal Chronicles wasn't that good. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe that was the theory. Like it would actually turn out to not be a good game, but I also think there might have just been bad connection stuff. I don't know. Hmm. The weird thing about that game is that you don't all progress at the same time. So whoever's oh, logged wow. in gets to progress in the game. So we've been playing Damn. it with my buddy, four of us on stream, and only he has advanced to the end of the game, and we're all still like in the first level. And now we have to play it on our own single player in order to get caught up. That's dumb. We all played it already. We shouldn't. Yeah. We shouldn't have to do that. That's terrible. That's so bad. But you are. It is. You are. Ma- now I am flashing back to 2020. And when yeah. that game came out, and that is, I, I am remembering flashing back was. to the first day of learning, everything shutting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see a bunch of like E equals MC squared, and like an eyeball fly by as I'm as I'm flashing back. To yeah, the, yeah. To 2020. Go back to the bright colors of Minish Cap. I need a, a mood booster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Right. And then, of course, this game was uh, later offered for free during the Ambassador program, mm. which is the uh, the little make good that Nintendo did for their 3DS uh, original users who all bought the 3DS at a really high price. And then they kind of cut, slash that price way down. And then users, in order to like give them something as like a thank you for investing in our original way too expensive 3ds gave them a bunch of gba games i think some game boy games maybe it's just gba games i don't know i kind of wish they just would have thrown this on the 3ds eShop as well because yeah you know playing it on the wii u was fun but would have been way much easier in my opinion playing it on the 3ds yeah i so I, I forgot to mention how I play this game. I played it on my on a GBA, on a pink GBA that's battery is so busted that it has to remain plugged <laughs> in at all times in order to play. Aww. And um and and I'm really hoping that is what's wrong with it because I have I've ordered a new battery for it and uh and it could very well just be the internal electronics of the Game Boy Advance are totally fried. But um, I also played it on a, my EverDrive cartridge, which just holds a bunch of GBA mm. games. And I got to say, I kind of feel like I wish I played it on Wii U. Like, not, mm. I don't think, I think this is a great handheld game, but I can. It is. I, I feel like my her, hand hurt, though, uh, holding the heavy yeah. uh, Wii U game, oh, the uh, game pad for such a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like mm-hmm. that gamepad a lot, actually. I feel like it forms really well to my hands. Like I played all of Breath of the Wild on that gamepad. Let me I see. Just... Let me see your hands. Okay. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy is holding up his hands like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, is this the first time cats are in the game of any Zelda game? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I was. There's a cat in Ocarina of Time. I vividly remember it. It's okay. the old witch lady, and she's like petting a little kitty cat. Oh, right. oh okay. The po- the potions lady or, or whatever. Yes. So they are canon though. Cats okay. are canon. Okay. They are not canon. They are not Ganon. They no, are they're canon. They're canon. They're canon. Ganon's nowhere to be found in this game, baby. Yeah. That's um that's, that's a really interesting uh that's that's kind of an interesting thing about this game and it kind of makes me it's it's it's, it's the same thing that like Link's Awakening has going for it where it's like 
oh, this ain't your dad's Zelda. You're not going to see things like Ganon in here. This mm-hmm. is you're going to see things like Vati and <laughs> and Minish people and sort of like, you know, off the beaten path sort of items and enemies and 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 uh, yeah, some will be the same, but a lot of it's going to be unfamiliar to you. You know, in the same way that Mario 2 US has a cool vibe because there's no Bowser in it, you know, this kind of yeah. has a mm. similar thing where I'm like, I really like that. And I think that they should do that a lot more. But you can almost kind of tell Nintendo's like a kind of afraid to go too far away from its mm. original formula. I don't know. Hmm. Which is um, those those uh, those older games like the game they let the Game Boy be that weird stuff like the w- yeah. the Mario yeah. Land was weird, mm-hmm. Wario games were weird, right? Um, uh, kind of off the wall a little bit. They got to be a little silly with it. So, but like you said, they almost don't want to take those risks anymore, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Breath of the Wild too, since we already had kind of a Ganon story. Maybe maybe there will be a alternate villain or some some somebody else for link to kind of face off against um i don't know could be cool uh what do you say we move into a little bit of the story okay um so uh we usually do <laughs> we usually talk about the insane uh timeline Oh yeah, where does this fall in the timeline of all the Zelda games? So, (laughs) without going through the entire timeline again, can you and can you like share your screen and show us the (laughs) graphic of it? No, I cannot. I cannot show you that. But what I what I can tell you is that Minish Cap, for whatever reason, uh, just happens to fall in the one in like the um, before the timeline split. Therefore, in my mind, kind of makes it one of the like absolutely in canon Zelda games unnegotiably because uh, because I feel like real, everyone uh, has their own like little canon they like the better, you know, from each timeline. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there are a few games that take place outside of that. One is obviously Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. Um then I believe it goes right to the Minish Cap, actually. And then Four Swords and then Ocarina of Time. So, yeah, that's pretty crazy that Minish Cap is like, if we were to put them all in order, it would be Zelda 2. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's sort of the framework. And please stop bringing up Zelda Two. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's a it's a great game, but I guess if you're, seems like you might have had some trauma related to and around Link's adventure, or the adventure of Link. <laughs> uh, the the uh, so we kind of we kind of start the whole game with this little story of the Minish people. And it's kind of the framework for which we kind of have to understand this story. So the Minish, I have a question about this, Jeremy. Yeah. How small are the Minish? Okay. This was something I was thinking about too. If my, so if you're looking at how big people are versus how tiny those little tiny guys are. Yeah. I think they must be the size 
of probably ants. Right. Yeah, I mean the screenshot behind you, July, like he's under an acorn. Yeah. So like he's that small. And that's yes. like on par yeah. with diminish. It's kind of like yeah. Rick Rick Moranis and Honey We Shrunk the Kids, like that size, right? Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. should have called that movie Honey, We Minished the Kids. And oh boy. <laughs> yeah, they should have. Yeah. They yeah, they should have called it, call it Honey, We Minished the Pickery. Um <laughs> Yeah. So uh yeah, I pretty interesting about- that they use an acorn for this and not a deku nut, right? Oh yeah. Is that really, really interesting? Is, Am it I a, off? is it a deku nut? Maybe yeah, maybe I'm just And there are there are deku scrubs in the game. Yeah, that's so they true. do exist and they, they would have nuts. Yeah. Maybe mm. in this universe, acorns and deku nuts are well, I I think acorns are still a thing because trees grow from acorns, you know. But like mm-hmm. deku nuts don't grow trees, right? Don't they grow? That's like, true. Don't they just come out of a monster? Are they all just harvested? from <laughs> oh, they create like shrubs, right? Like in the Oracle games, then you plant deku nut. No, wait, no, you planted something else for seeds. Oh, in Ocarina of Time. Oh no, those are just seeds. Those were just yeah. seeds. Seeds, yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, I guess the deku nuts do just come from the monsters. Where where is Harvest Moon in the Zelda timeline? <laughs> I wonder. This is a great question. <laughs> yeah, this is sure, a really we gotta share that screen, Jeremy. We're asking that. I'm not sharing a screen, okay? So there's no screen sharing <laughs> happening today. Thank you. Um, so the Minish, uh, uh, who are also referenced to as the Pickery by Hillians, are Pickery, a re- Pickery, da. So that is one thing I will say right away is they have two words to describe the same people and the same type of I was confused when I when that was uh, you know brought up I was like what why are they why not stick to one they're offended by that term though they like mentioned like we prefer to be called the Minish but the Highlands call us the the Picori which is like what is that that's that's like not an okay thing to call them maybe it's like a slur (laughs) it's that might be like a slur or something yeah maybe we should stop saying it yeah well you know I also feel like um, language actually is a theme in this game. Like it's a theme in a lot of Zelda games, but uh, language is definitely a theme here. And um, it's like, you know, the idea that the Minish can talk with animals is like a concept here. And like, and so maybe that there's a language, some sort of language disconnect between Hillians and Picori or something. I don't know. I, I that's one thing I do like about this game, though, is there's a lot of interesting lore here. I think because the game is so simple, it, you can really kind of dine at its table and it, you know let it wash over you a little bit more than some of the other games that are a little bit bigger. I feel like you're kind of like uh, I don't know. There's too much going on. Um, so yeah, the uh, they are tiny creatures uh, that. Um, uh, bestowed a young boy with a green garment, a sword, and a shining golden light to drive back the darkness many years before the game is set. There are three types of Minish. Town, forest, and mountain. Uh, so that's like the prelude to the game. Um, the game starts like at a hundred year anniversary of the last time, I guess, the Minish arrived. Big Chrono Trigger vibes with that part, with that uh, per, uh, little festival in the beginning. 
Absolutely. As someone who just recently played through Chrono Trigger, uh, was very excited to. I love a good uh, 16-bit SNES-style party. (laughs) Like like good. I like a good SNES hangout. (laughs) Um, It's it's fun. It's fun to get in there and and like again, like I think like when you first. I mean, maybe I'm making this up, but in my memory, like when you first get into Hyrule, you see like balloons fly by the screen and like. Mm There's just a lot of cool visual things happening. The freak with the like little uh, harpsichord or accordion. He's like got a bunch of kids following him and stuff. And it's, there's just a lot. I don't know. It's really fun. You know Um, who I would have loved to see there, but doesn't seem to appear in the game at all is the the windmill uh, guy with the little jukebox. Yeah, I feel like he's um, kind of a stand-in for that guy I just mentioned, that that other music-playing freak, Yeah, you know? Um, what Maybe did, they're related. Did you guys... Um, I, I feel like this game has, like, kind of an incredibly strong opening. I don't know. What did you guys think? Like, right away, you're just, like... I feel, like, overwhelmed with all the colors and visuals and stuff. But what was your experience? Like, just booting it up. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I we've been talking about the aesthetic of the game and it is beautiful to look at. And it is again, like all the music is either you've heard a version of it before or, you know, completely new to you. But I, I just love the, you know, eight bit, 16 bit, whatever uh, sounds of, of the songs. And, you know, we could talk, talk about this later when we get through the dungeons, plant right, the whatnot, now. plant yeah. the, plant the Deku nut. But, uh, yeah, the music specifically in the Minish Village might be what one of my favorites in the mm. game. It's it has like a part of it where it's kind of eerie sounding, uh, and I'm not sure too much about who composed any of the music in the game, but it does give off a little bit of uh, other Capcom property vibes a little mm-hmm. bit, like you can kind of feel like a little bit of resident evil creeping in, in some of the tracks. Yeah. There's a, there's a really big, um, a weird thing I wanted to bring up with specifically you July. Oh, and I guess her too. I, I don't know, Eddie, have you played village yet? Resident evil village? I have not. Okay. Yeah. Then with Hearn in July, I want to bring up this, this thing I noticed later, but like, there's like a ton of Capcom DNA in here for, in like mm-hmm. other ways, mm-hmm. kind of like how we mentioned about, Oracle of Ages and Seasons has like Resident Evil ideas in there, which is like mm-hmm. kind of cool. But um, yeah, Hearn, Eddie, any any note, any notable like I, I mean, I, another interesting thing is like the beginning of this has a cutscene. Like cutscenes are in this, and which Zelda, yeah. which is another Oracle of Seasons and Ages thing. I think Leaks Awakening kind of has that boat scene, but like th- these are that. like yeah, yeah, these are m- way more and more anime inspired and stuff and very cartoony. Yeah. No, definitely. I thought when you were printing a village, you were going to go for the element that like you go to like the mountains and the underground and all that stuff. And they yeah. kind of has that Capcom philosophy of like level design in this open world. So it's all connected. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and that's a good point too, is like, and we can get into that when we get into like the dungeons themselves, mm-hmm. I guess, and the overworld. Plant to like, see. We'll plant a seed now, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I actually found like 
that the entire world felt really copacetic. Like it made sense. I think in Oracle of Ages and Seasons, actually, which is another Capcom game, uh, my yeah. view, but I don't think it always made sense like where I was going. But this was always like... Totally. And this, I felt it was much easier to navigate the map. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of just, you know, press start and zoom in on the map and see exactly where you're at, which is helpful. So helpful. Yeah, the mini map in this was really good. Really kind of like, yeah, I guess a little different than like the grid system that the other games were doing, but still like it's laid out for you even on like the general map. It's similar to Majora's Mask, how there's four different specific areas, right? Yeah. Like, okay, canyons here, the bays here, the forest, the swamp is here. It's like you you figure out the map and you're like, okay, this is where everything's at. Right. I also thought this is the most Metroidvania of, mm-hmm. of Zelda games. And I, I love that. Metroidvanias because even from the beginning, you're seeing little areas like I could probably get there someday. Oh, I could. Yeah. I, oh, wait. I think I get to be small in this game. I could totally get there, but I don't know how, but someday I will get there. And it's like, you're making these notes in your head. And I love that. Like not all Zelda's have that. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. little elements of it, but this one was like really strong on that end. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, okay. So Vati, a sorcerer seeking ultimate power and autonomy uh, through finding something called the light force uh, destroys what is called the Pickery blade, which is, holding the uh the uh the bound chest as it's called in the game it's, it's kind of called it's kind maybe of, the minish blade yeah okay well you're <laughs> the minish blade who named it the pickery it's, blade if they don't want to is, be using i don't word. know but it's that's the what damn hylians it's, it's the, the hylians named it man that. yeah yeah so it was keeping the bound chest which is a, a kind of a nod to i guess pandora's box you could say and uh yeah he destroys that the bound chest opens and it releases all heck upon the world and then he turns zelda to stone before he kind of you know moonwalks out of there and uh very strange that they chose to have a moonwalk out of there yeah he kind of (laughs) just Does the mm. robot kind of out of the room? Yeah, yeah. I mean, making him the villain. Nintendo was uh, more on the right side of history than Sega was. Uh, I guess. Yeah, good point. Yeah. You know, yeah, good point. Um, so, uh, yeah, Link is sort of tasked with, even though he's a baby child in this game, which is something we need to mention. He is a, he's a kid in the game, which is kind of cool. He's a kid in Wind Waker as well, um, and there's no yeah. sort of like adult child going back and forth between or whatever. So there's not any uh, traveling through time in this either. Yeah. No, no time. No, traveling. Just getting, just being small. Yeah. Big. Yeah. You start out small and you get smaller as time goes on. So um, <laughs> you, go, you go, you go to uh, the Minish forest there. You meet Eslo. Eslo is your hat. <laughs> he's your, um, he's formerly a Minish sorcerer. And formerly Vati's master, so he has a little bit of a uh, history with this Vati sorcerer. And Vati's the one who actually uh, turned Ezlo into a hat and took from Ezlo the mage's cap, which is the cap that allows you wishes. It grants you wishes. Uh, I wonder if we tried wishing for more wishes. You know, <laughs> I wonder. Uh, now, do we think that um, Capcom used uh, this, you know, sort of storyline of turning the sorcerer into a cap 
It's sort of a nod to to their namesake. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Right. And, and with that, let's close the episode. Who's ready for plus? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, so what do we think of Ezlo as a character? I, Me and Connor recently did a Zelda Sidekicks episode, and um, I, I named Ezlo as my... Hey, listen. Yeah, I named him as my third favorite of the of the. Ooh. I like him a lot. What do you guys think? Mm. I think he's great. Doesn't it doesn't really annoy me like some of the other uh, sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's great, great guy, great, great sorcerer, great guy. I appreciate I appreciate his sass. There's something about his like kind of he's a little bit of a curmudgeon, and he mm-hmm. kind of like will throw it in your face like, "What are you doing? You're supposed to do this," and it's kind of. Mm. I, for whatever reason, I'm like, he, yeah, he just has that voice to me where he's like, <laughs> like that, that's just how he sounds to me. I don't know why. That's just the voice I gave him. Yeah, it definitely is like a little uh, Merlin and King Arthur vibe. From yes, the, from yes, the Disney exactly. animated. Sure. Yeah, right. it's, it's a very uh, Flintstones dinosaur type vibe of like, it's a living. I'm a hat. I grant wishes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I also think uh, Ezlo as the hat like it has inspired like this sort of amazing a uh, bunch of like fan art and regular and and also just like oh we'd love to see some can you share your screen i don't have it up i'm just saying from like all of the art i've looked up either fan art or just concept art from the game or downloaded it of no, the fan I art download but uh, i don't have any room so it's a shame download. apparently his only ever ref- appearance in anything is in super smash Brothers brawl as a sticker I feel like that he should be in like ultimate or summon or pop up somewhere else. Yeah. And that's a nice little uh like little seed to the legacy section we'll get to later. And mm. I, oh. I feel like this game there's, there's a lot of examples there, right? of that in here of just like they don't get it's like it's it feels like a, a bit of an abandoned stepchild here. This mm. this game does. Mm. But yeah, I like that Ezlo is is unique. He's yes. he's different than other other characters. He he's something new and fresh. Yeah, yeah. And I also think he has some great moments of comedic timing. Like, I don't necessarily think him and Link's relationship is, like, award-winning in the same way that Link has maybe had closer relationships to other sidekicks. Midna, for one, I think he's really, you know, they get really close. But but Ezlo has, like, like he'll be like, uh, hey, uh, we should jump in this minecart. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. And then, right. of course, something bad happens. And then as soon as it's over, he's like, that sucked. He's like, yeah. like there's like some just great comedic timing bits there with Ezlo. Oh, that's another thing that you just reminded me of is that uh, Link's voice in this. I believe it's just the same voice from Ocarina of Time, right? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. It's all the same, which is great. It's so funny to hear that voice return. Yeah. Especially in that minecart or, you know, when Link's falling or anything sort of like that. Yeah. I mean, this here. this game like had already won me over, but that minecart sequence really sticks out in my mind is yeah. just so funny watching how how neck-breakingly fast that minecart's yeah. going and how a freaked out Link is <laughs> to be in that minecart. <laughs> Which, there, I mean, they've there have been minecarts in other games we played, right? Donkey Kong. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, um, how can I forget Donkey Kong, the biggest minecart game of them all? Well, there is a mine. There's an extended minecart sequence in Skyward Sword, but I don't actually know. Okay, well, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about Skyward Sword. I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm playing these games 
sequentially. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, sorry. I'm almost I, there, I, I can't, but I can't remember another minecart. Uh, Oracle I'm of Seasons. Thinking right? Oracle of Seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seasons Ages had like some minecart puzzles in them. Yeah. So what's yeah. funny is that in those, those minecarts are very slow. Enough. Yeah. Enough time for you to hit a switch and change the course of your direction. So, you know, in this one, yeah. you don't get to do that, which is right. Mm. I do um, think there's something to be said about an, a link that expresses emotion is always a win for me. So yeah. the Wind Waker mm-hmm. link is my favorite link because he's yeah. giddy and he jumps up and down when he beats a yeah. boss and like he's funny. And like Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, those links are just so stoic and like emotionless. Yeah. And sometimes it's it's fun to have even Minish Cap League has those moments where he freaks out in the minecart and it's like oh it reminds you like he's a kid and he's having and it's it connect it it brings you that childlike wonder in some senses. Yeah. 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 I love uh I agree. Wind Waker Link, all his expressions are very funny yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Link is tasked with gathering the four elements. And uh, along the way, you know, we have all of the dungeons, basically the entire game as you're as you're progressing through these getting all these elements, but he needs them to complete what is called the four sword. You don't really know that going in, so you're kind of uh collecting them i get i mean i think you're just tasked with doing it i don't i don't really remember he- hearing the four sword name until later on but maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong maybe they do introduce that earlier but they they do definitely once you fix the picori blade or the minish blade it they we have that guy turn it into the white sword which is sort of a half step mm. to the to the four sword um and uh, yeah, so once you get the four elements, you 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 fuse them together. You make the four sword. You defeat Vati, and uh, once Vati is defeated, Zelda uses the Mage's Cap to undo all the harm Vati did with a wish. Sort of like the end of Wonder Woman eighty four, you know, sort of wish for all the bad things. To oh go yeah, away, to undo it all. It's one of your favorite movies, right? That's why I'm referencing it. You, yeah. they, they wish they wish all the bad things away, even though you know Zelda's probably just wanting to wish for Chris Pine to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she decides to put her her selfish desires away for the good of mankind. And Ezlo returns to the Minish door, and we end our game. Um, the story, you know, in every Zelda game is obviously not usually why people come to these games. I think some stories are better than others. Ocarina has an exceptional story, I think. But uh, what do we think of the Minish Cap story? Loved it. That's all I'll say. Great, great. And please only say as much as (laughs) you (laughs) like. I I would say it it has the least amount. It has one of the least amount of impressions on me as far as it's like not that memorable. Uh, And and it's not the game's fault. The game is fun and I love it for a lot of different reasons. But it's not the the story that I would say like this is they just killed it with it. You know, it does have some does do some really cool things, though. Yeah. Hearn, what's your take on the story? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's the environments are hard. Like all the stuff I remember that uh, being actually impressed by was like the environments, the yeah. like mechanics, some of the stuff with that. The story itself, I like, didn't like amaze me as much more. Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll just say this about the story, and and like I don't know if we, this would cata- you would categorize this under story or just like visuals or design, like where this would really live. But like I think the inclusion of the Minish 
and the idea of being small and using that mechanic to go into their world and sort sort of seeing like you know big like little cups on a table are now huge and and mm-hmm. books are now huge and and I think that that to me is way and I mean way more interesting than going to like a light or dark world. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it's more interesting than like a twilight princess type situation. What about a mirror world? Mirror world. What what game is that? Give me, remind me donkey Kong. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, in the beginning when he's kind of like looking at the mirror flexing, <laughs> Or like a, if I call moving, that the mirror his tie, try, <laughs> trying on his ties. I I think that yeah, like again, I I really do feel like this. Th- if this is part, if we want to call this part of the story, then I think the story here is. Oh, just, we're calling gameplay part of the story. Then yeah, no 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. We're calling Cloud the, City was the, my favorite part of the story. Me personally, no no no. We're calling like the Minish element of it, the story of the oh, Minish oh. and and what they how they were and how they yeah. function in the story. So like yeah. you know the whole game in Twilight Princess, you're like going into like the Twilight world, and it's just like that's not that interesting. It's just like a, it's just like they put a, a Instagram filter on the rest of the game. Sepia you know? like, tone, sepia tone. Yeah, um, I like Link to the Past, Light World, Dark World. That's okay, you know, that's all right. But um, but yeah, this is like really. This is really cool and it's so simple yeah. and you don't really need more. I think I think part of my issue is that the the, the minish seems so important to society. They do these little things that no one notices. Yeah. They make the they make the shoes for that guy. Yeah. They they do all these little different things behind the scenes. And it's to the point where like if this is so early in the timeline, the minish are probably in every other Zelda game, just you mm-hmm. don't see them. Like maybe they're in Lon Lon Ranch feeding the cows and you don't even see them. Yeah. Like there's all these and it's like they, they just they, they it feels like they should matter more in the, in the grand scheme of the story. It's almost like they're like just these role players that are there. It's oh, sort of like the midichlorians totally. in Star Wars. They're always they're, there. They, yes, exactly right. I um I agree. Or the dinosaurs in the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> they're always there. Uh, what? Yeah, we. Yeah, were we on on a show recently talking about how one day Fred Flintstone's whole like shirt was going to be revealed to be a dinosaur? <laughs> like the, I think so. The very shirt he's wearing. <laughs> I can see it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I just like them, and like I I think I like them non-specific to this game too. Like just the idea of the borrowers or like yeah, you know, tiny little creatures that live in the wall that like help help you out the fairies from peter pan you know the just indian like, in the cupboard you know yeah oh yeah like that all of the little small soldiers you know whatever oh yeah joe dante's small you know, soldiers joe dante's small uh-huh. soldiers So yeah, this is a uh, this is a handheld Zelda game. Um, most of these, if not all of them, are top-down exploration action adventure games. Um, this one, not unlike the two before it, Oracle of Seasons and Ages, harkens back, I believe, to Link's Awakening sort of vibes. I don't know. I mean, like as far as yeah. what you're doing and how you're playing the game. Do you guys do you guys kind of agree with that? 
Just to go back to the story, I want to say <laughs> well, that we're it, out of the story now. The story yeah. does end kind of abruptly, which was funny to me. Like, Fair. yeah, the sorcerer is just back to normal, and then the game ends. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. The, uh, what was your question? No, I. <laughs> sorry. I also. I also got a text at that very minute. What were you saying again? The, some of the oh yeah, story? yeah. Me too. I got. A, I got a couple texts. Yeah. Sorry. I'm got. I'm I got a meeting. I got to get to here pretty soon. So sorry. I got. An, I got an email. Yeah. I have to answer real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I hit something on my computer. Okay. <laughs> the um. Yeah, so top down exploratory uh, in the in the same vein as like a a, a Link's Awakening, um, but because of the graphical fidelity, it it does also feel a little bit like Link to the Past, except mm-hmm. it looks, in my opinion, much better than Link to the Past. Mm. Um, I I much prefer the style here. Uh, I think I do too. I I think. Um... Yeah, I mean, something about it is very charming, uh, as we've mentioned, the, the graphics and whatnot. And uh, it's just, a you know, it's a little cute little Zelda. And it, what's mm-hmm. cuter than, uh, sorry, Link. <laughs> oh, it's the cute little Link. And uh, what's cuter than Link is a tiny, tiny Link. Yeah, very tiny little baby yeah. Link. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, another thing too is like, it's weird. I, I don't know if I like this game more than Link to the Past, but I'm leaning towards yes right now. And I think the reason is because Link to the Past is like, what it has going for it is like the time and place that it came out in. And it's so big and epic for what it, for also being such a, you know, what is that? The, a megabyte? Epic at, sauce. Yeah, it's pretty epic sauce. Uh, this game to me, like you said, July, it doesn't overstay its welcome. I was so grateful for the length of this game. I thought it was, I thought shorter is so much better. And um, it, it, you can uh, sort of put a couple more hours in the game like I did by just doing all the side quests and yeah. finding all the hearts and collecting whatnot. all of yeah. the, the keystones, the, key, the kin stones, yeah. the kidney stones. Yeah. yeah. Kidney <laughs> beans. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to discover just inside each one of the maps, you know, like uh, I've always thought this about the game Arkham city, how like, it's not the biggest map in the world, but it's so dense. Like every Gotham little, isn't that big every little corner of the game has some sort of Easter egg or hidden right. thing there. And I yeah. appreciate that way more than a kind of dead, empty, flat world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it's, super yeah. huge. It's the attention to detail. I think this game's masterful at foreground and background of layering. It's like, so that the picture that's behind July right now with the acorn, I remember thinking that scene when I was a kid playing it the first time. I said, this reminds me exactly of Link to the Past when you go to get the Master Sword mm-hmm. and the game changes a little bit and the, the lighting changes and like you feel like you're in this moment. Yeah. And g- games rarely do that to me where I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, because like, pers- your perspective is messed up. And even, I'm, I don't know if we're going to get to this at some point, but the the first boss fight, it's, yeah. it's a green choo-choo, but it's, mm-hmm. it's huge because you're tiny. And yeah. this is like an insignificant enemy in Wind Waker. Like you kill him, no problem. But like when it's <laughs> 10 times as big as you, it's like a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah. And that's just like, that's so unique and creative to this series. Like they've never done anything like that. And that's the, the game. Play, it feels like Zelda, but it adds so many fresh things to it. It's just super enjoyable. Yeah. And another thing I appreciate too, is that it plays like Zelda. It plays exactly. like my, fa- my favorite top down Zeldas. And that it's like, you know, the attack 
the attack and roll buttons are there for you. Oh, they, Oh, that's another thing. They include a roll button here yeah. because they mm-hmm. have the L and R's on the, on the GBA. And that's awesome. And this, I use that role all the time, not just to Same. kind of faster navigate through the overworld, but to dodge enemies and stuff. Oh, man, I love I uh, to hear Link's voice. Yeah. And it's also fun to hear Link's voice and you can do it as a minish too. You can roll as a mm-hmm. minish. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we talked about the hook already a little bit, but you can use these little minish portals to shrink down in size or grow back to normal. A lot of the puzzles in the world are built around this mechanic it showcases beautiful pixel art it's uh oh in talking to animals i always thought i also thought that was pretty mm-hmm. fun like you t- you can talk yeah. to the dog at one point in that like the shopkeeper keeps in like a house like way far away and, and the isn't dog's it like, funny that he's like it's a living isn't yeah. it funny he says that he says kind of the opposite he's like i'm so <laughs> hungry and i'm so lonely <laughs> it's just like it's only like, link Lee, kill me. <laughs> yeah. It is weird. You do have to mercy kill a dog in the middle of this game. <laughs> yeah. That's the one dark part of this game, but the rest is pretty upbeat. Um, yeah. World. And like, yeah, they're just like how cool it is when you see like the little lily pads like going around in a little yeah. pond, a yeah. little puddle, and you can like, mm-hmm. you know that, oh, I could just jump on those at any point. And oh, I mean, I want to bring it up. There's like a 3D verticality to this too that isn't in like, some of those other games like occasionally you'll do stuff like fall down like in oracle games or stuff like there's falling out floors and stuff but in this you're like riding gusts and jumping over like there's obstacles that are kind of like closer to a 3d zelda yeah yeah uh, that's true yeah and i think it's more to that they have that capacity with the taller steam and the sit in the uh Game Boy advanced hardware that they didn't have before for sure yeah it's it's way it's like like both a smaller experience, a more tight experience, but yet still huge because of what they can now do with this, their hardware um, items. Uh, some of the newer ones, stuff like the Gus Jar, Cane of Pachi, Mole Mitts. I don't remember those from any previous Zelda games. Um, <laughs> but then you have uh, some old favorites like Rock's Cape and the Pegasus Boots and the Ocarina makes an appearance here, which is pretty... Yeah, that was surprising. I was really shocked at that too. That the Yeah, the, and that's kind of how you warp around the map, which, yeah. which was you, cool. You play it and a ti- the tiniest bird yeah. grabs you. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the duck from Link to the Past. The little <laughs> yeah. duck that carries you around. The wingle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I um. Did anyone else also feel like this game? It didn't just take less time to beat, but it was also kind of just a faster paced game. Like I felt mm-hmm. like things like like load times or time it took me to warp from one area to the map to the next, just like was all streamlined and cut way down. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, not to get into one of my complaints, but yeah. the dungeons are very small. Like, yeah, the dungeons are incredibly. They are. They are. They are much smaller, and they're much like I would call them more linear, in that yeah. they don't mm-hmm. require a ton of backtracking. Yeah, which uh, can be like preferential. But uh, oh, yeah. I played this sandwich between like Skyward Sword and then the Oracle games, and those have big, encompassing dungeons mm-hmm. with like mid midpoint warps and stuff and yeah minish tap it felt more like i just beat the dungeon in one sitting and now i can, don't have to go back there yeah again. and now i have to think about my life after this yeah and when, who, I, what that's I, what, what i was what really I mad at yeah. yeah that was what i was really mad at the well, minish tap for you know what dude like 
you know what's crazy is I I think you're absolutely right. They are way they're much smaller than a dungeon, say in Skyward Sword, especially that third dungeon, which is a fucking beast to yeah. get through. But but okay, there's well. there's two warp points to every dungeon in Wait, wait a minute, there was all right oh, in, in Minish in Minish. Right. So there's like there's like two different portal spots to like yes. to like warp to. So mm. And again, I just feel like it's There's actually it's, a, a, a there was actually a third one too. Did you see the third one, Jeremy? No. In the fourth dungeon, there's a warp to the warped tour, the van's oh. warp tour. And who's playing that year? It would have been like yellow card, probably. Yeah, My Chemical yeah. Romance. My Chemical Romance mm-hmm. was playing Helena, probably. Maybe Lincoln Park. Who knows? <laughs> Lincoln Park was there. Uh, okay, yeah. So uh, I I made a note here about a smaller map, yet a good amount of depth uh, to the exploration, and then the Kinstones are yeah. a big, are a big new. That thing was a here. yeah. I that wasn't a very. Um, you talked about how like sometimes Zelda games don't always uh, share with you everything you need to do. Like this was a weird mechanic of like you can never look at the Kinstones you have until you get to a person. Yeah. that you haven't matched with yet. Right. And even then you kind of have to remember who you have and haven't matched with yet. Yes. Yeah. It, it was, it was just like, I'm just trying to press the L button every time I'm near someone in chat and yep. occasionally got good stuff out of it. But yeah, I didn't like, that was definitely one part where I was like, I don't need a hundred percent this and match chinstones everywhere. Cause this yeah. is going to take a while. But, that is one. That's one thing that I feel like they left pretty um, mysterious to the player yeah. where it was like, yeah, you didn't really know how these kinstones worked ever perfectly well. And like, because sometimes they would work with like walls. Like mm-hmm. there's a couple of yeah. times where I went up to a wall and was like, well, it wants me to match a kinstone to it. And then like, it would like help that Goron out who's like punching the wall. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I wish I had mm-hmm. another Goron to help punch this wall. Yeah. 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 And then you did go. You, yeah. To fall in love with the wall or something. Yeah. <laughs> what do you love this wall, you Goron? So, because it's, it's a match, get it? It's like Tinder. Like, you got to yeah. get a match. He's yeah. Going. Yeah. This link's just going around with the dating app. There's like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Kissing like, the stone before kiss, he put, kissing puts it on the other Other stone. stones that have Goron heads as mm-hmm. that are made of stone. Um, yeah. Like, I, I thought it was like always a surprise to me that how um, much I enjoyed matching kinstones like to watch yeah. them just like together and then usually some bullshit appears that I don't care about but then sometimes it would be like really fun world changing stuff would happen yeah yeah I do mm-hmm. I do love it as a mechanic uh I do wish like Hearn was saying they would have given you like sort of a tracker on like yeah yeah who you already sort of matched with and who yeah maybe else needs a match or, or something once you run into them right a lot of these handheld zeldas have these type of side quest things and i think they nailed it with the link between worlds because they have those little uh like fish yeah. like mollusk things oh, yeah, the yeah. Like, a, like the yeah, quadrants but, with like percentage complete almost it's like yeah, oh, like, yeah. It, it helps you track well, it, it so much easier and that, yeah, even that was like, it's vague enough so that you can still have to explore and find it. It's not like it puts it directly on the map, but you still right. know which area to go to to fits it. Yeah, like that was like an excellent touch. 
And it ble- mm-hmm. and doesn't it if in my in my mind it bleeps too like beeps when you're close to them or something yeah like there's some so. sort of audio cue I think maybe you get an item wrong. for it maybe I'm maybe some kind yeah. of item to, uh, that helps you track those yeah. things if I, if I recall correctly yeah well anyways I didn't hate this Kinstone thing and I thought I, I was gonna, I, just I thought I, I thought I was gonna hate it though because I usually the, this is where yeah. Zelda's always rub me the wrong way is when they add that one more thing thing well the thing i didn't like in this the only because that they hide a heart piece behind it is Mm -hmm. trying to collect every single figurine of every oh yeah single thing you've encountered throughout the whole game yeah Mm -hmm. and there's like the percentage chance of you getting them and stuff and like i realized yeah that I had um, at one point accrued uh, like 257 seashells. And I was like, if I do this one at a time, it's going to take me for the rest of my life to get... Because that was another thing that I was looking up that they were suggesting, you know, to do them one at a time so that you can get money. I saw that too, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, (laughs) I just had waited too long. And I'm like, this. it it takes so long for those things to come down and open up. Yeah, they really need to prove that. Cuz I have to I manually pull the lever to get the little yeah. figurine. Yeah, that that part of it definitely was not my uh my, not my favorite the the of yeah. a collectathon. Oh, and then another part that I just remembered is the light arrow if you could miss it completely. I missed it. I missed my it most too. recent playthrough. Yeah, I, I had no idea it was in the game, but when I was researching, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. Because I didn't do all that stuff. I just kind of played the game. And well, yeah. If anyone's listening to this episode and they had not played the game, guys, let's teach everyone right now. How do you get the light arrow? Oh, so I, I can't remember actually, but I know you have to <laughs> match a Sorry, listeners, stone. We we're going to save you, but. You're gonna have to. What a tease. You have to match a kinstone with someone, but I just can't remember who it is exactly. And that opens a a, a warp portal. A warp tour portal. Warp tour straight to portals straight to under oath stage. The under oath, the Pennywise stage. Yeah, it's straight to the uh, the building in Cloud City, and that's where you <laughs> you go into a room and you use the gust jar on. An, a sick old man to help him get better and then you get the light arrows but I completely missed it or I just didn't have the stone that I needed when I mm-hmm. met that person the first run through so yeah it's it's not unlike every Zelda game has like a bunch of different things you can miss and some and obviously a lot of like secrets that you know probably 90% of players are just not going to engage with at all during their, during their run. Um, but it's there for you if you want it. And if you're using a guide, it can be really fun and rewarding to just kind of see all the different weird things they included. You know, it's like, it's, it's kind of, that's, that's why I enjoy playing pastries. Yeah. Yeah. The pastry buying thing, or you go into like, there's there's like a lot of weirdness in this game too. Like you can go to that house and like, It make they makes that guy makes you go to sleep and then you have to fight monsters oh, yeah. while you're in bed <laughs> and like you just watch yeah, you. I forgot about that thing. Yeah. Which is kind of like a link's awakening thing. Isn't there a bed in that? You have to like go sleep in to go to dream or anyway. Um I think that's Donkey Kong. <laughs> what do you guys say we uh do a little uh temple talk? Oh, 
Okay, so this is the, in my opinion, guys, and, you know, let me know if I'm crazy here. You know, just, just keep me posted. Mm, okay. Hearn, I know you don't like the temples because they're not big, but I do feel like this is where the game kind of shines because... Mm, you're not crazy. Because while in this game, the overworld is a little easier to navigate, I'll give it that. It's still, I got lost a handful of times and had to like look up a guide. Okay, where am I supposed to go next? Where are the books? Just tell me where the books are oh, in, yeah. in the town. You know, there's three books I got to collect. Where's the yeah, mayor yeah. keeping his book? How do I get this stupid book? Like, I didn't even know I could use the Pegasus boots to hit the trees to make them become stumps. Like, no one taught me that in the game. Right. Um, so, but I feel like these dungeons, there was only one where I had to look up, like, what to do or where to go. And the rest of them, I pretty much cleared using my own noggin. What do you guys think about think the, the dungeons? same for me. I think overall? the same for me. They're pretty, like you mentioned before, straightforward which I do like. I, I'm not really a fan of the backtracking process, yeah. although when it's done well, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, these just seemed very, um, you know, nonsensical and you know, pretty pretty easy to get through. Yeah. Eddie, what are, what are your thoughts on the dungeons in general? Broad strokes. They almost, they, they almost feel like they're just the right amount in some ways. And and what I mean by that is some dungeons are just way too long and they just, and at this stage of life, it's kind of like <laughs> nice to get through it quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the way that they use the items for this game specifically, whether it's the, the mole claws or the, the jar, like pulling the mushroom to you to fling yourself across. Like there's little things like that, that this game does really well, I think. Yeah. Hearn, let us have it. All right, I know you're. It's time here's to get thing. controversial. I don't dislike these dungeons. I, oh, and now he's backtracking. Oh, yeah, he's exactly. backtracking like Link. Yeah. <laughs> that was not what I said. And if you read about this, do not prefer. You'll see I did not perjure myself. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I, I like the items a lot, actually. And I like how they get used in the environments a lot. And I do like occasionally the environments even play with like perspective. Like there are some like 3D rotating things you have to be inside or you fling yourself across. Or you like do the leaf jumping and stuff like I said, but I just think, yeah, it's not a problem with like linearity. It just I felt like it just was short and didn't evolve enough of the ideas enough. So like I get to do some of the Flynn stuff and then it's over, mm -hmm. and I'm like it doesn't get revisited, and I'm like ah, there could have been more to that. Um, it's just my main complaint. But like in terms of like what you can do sometimes now, time to place in the boss fights, they were fine. I liked some of it. It just like. It's the thing of like, I beat this game in a week after uh, Scabbard yeah. Sword. And part of it is, yeah, like what you said, it just moves quickly. It's, there's not a lot of fat in it, all that stuff. But then it's also just like, I also like, you know, just blast through everything I was supposed to do pretty quickly. Yeah, I'll give you this for sure that like, there's a potential here to maybe stretch out some of the cooler and more fun mechanics in the game. Like you said, like the flinging, I don't think we really got we didn't really use every part of the buffalo there. It would have been cool <laughs> if you were like had to fling to a mushroom and then on another, you know, land on yeah. another mushroom and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you do like a, some Celeste stuff, you know? Yeah. 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 I, um, I, and I also like, you know, I loved the minecart stuff. Um, sure. I, I didn't like the mountain getting up there for whatever reason. I struggled with that, but, 
I did yeah. like the the actual cave of flames or whatever, and I could have used a lot more fun minecart puzzles. I think would have been would have been yeah. fun to do. And um, let's just kind of go through them in, in in order, and we can kind of just give each one its little day in the sun. The Deepwood Shrine. Hey guys, look, I've said it before on this show. It's it, it remains to be true. Every first Zelda dungeon is a banger. Like every mm-hmm. single game's first dungeon. They're always so easy, so non-confusing, mm-hmm. so much fun. You can you progress. Sometimes you get keys before you even see locked doors. That's my favorite. Is when I just have a key and I'm like, I don't even know what door this goes to, but I know that I'm not going to get to a door and not have a key. That's uh, that barrel. Yeah, the barrel lives lives rent free in my head since the first time I played yeah. this game. So I thought oh, it was so dude, cool. The barrel go in there and like go up it and it starts starts spinning. I thought oh, that was. Yeah. So cool. As a kid, some real mode seven type stuff. There. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just graphically, it just felt really fun. And there's a puzzle to, you do with the barrel to like exit out of it yeah. in a different way. Yeah. And Do- and Donkey Kong Country has a ton of barrels. Yeah. So it's, like nice, it's like a nice homage to Donkey Kong. I feel I, like I, more I, than one temple is an homage. To I was thinking the same thing, Eddie. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I believe it. Uh yeah, so Deepwood Shrine, we would categorize like, this. Uh, what is it? What is Lakeland? The freaking Donkey Kong over here in the barrel? Yeah. Is he Donkey Kong? You know. Uh well, uh anyway, so the Deepwood Shrine Temple, that's more like your foresty type temple. Mm-hmm. You know, your your uh your level one. Um anything else notable about this? The boss maybe this is when you encounter like those worm creatures, right? Like the little uh yeah, the the worm creatures that like spin go like this. Spin? Um, no, it, they're like in a maze kind yeah. of. And you, you have to hit them in the butt. Yeah, yeah, in the butt. Yeah, they yeah, spin. Yeah, but are, are they the ones uh, spewing out all the spider webs? There oh. are a ton of spider webs in the temple in the deep. It's probably shrine. them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and the. Uh, the boss is well. Every dungeon we should mention has two bosses, right? The mini boss and the big boss. The mini boss Mini-ish and the big boss. Minish yeah. boss <laughs> and the minish boss. Um, I do, I do like their like Yoshi's Island kind of philosophy to some of these enemies, mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. it's like, what if they just grew real big and you had to fight a real big one? Um. Yeah, uh, let's see. Mini boss in the in the Deepwood Shrine is the Matter Pillar. <laughs> yeah, the, the the worm that I was talking about, Matter Pillar. Matter Alice pillar. in Wonderland. Yep, yeah. and then the big green choo choo is your big mm-hmm. main Deepwood. Out of choo choo rocket, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Cave of Flames is the next dungeon. I like this one again a lot. Fire I Flames. Thought it was a lot of fun. The dungeon's fire, bro. Fire man, oh, truly though, truly, truly. then, isn't that interesting? Yes, it is <laughs> interesting. Um, the uh, <laughs> the uh, minecart stuff was all great. Um, the typical trappings, I'll, 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 they, I think they avoided in almost all of their dungeons of like, oh, fi- I usually don't like fire dungeons for these reasons because usually I'm just getting hit all the time by fire bats or whatever, and. Uh, they somehow tended to avoid them for the most part. Um, I did get stuck a little bit here on the platforms that kind of uh, fall into the lava at, at some oh, point. Like, yeah, you, you mm-hmm. had to time it right to jump on them. 
And there's the gust of wind. You have to like navigate through the whole flame yeah. area that like, if you don't do that right, you got to start over from way far away. And... Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely potential here to get stuck. I just, for whatever reason did not, um, the, the mini boss here is spiny choo-choo spiny choo-choo. A lot of choo-choo stuff in this game. Uh, and the glee rock sort of fire turtle guy. Glee rock was cool. Yeah, he's the final yeah. boss in this. Okay, so this is my least favorite dungeon is the Fortress of Winds. Um, this dungeon mm. is the one I got stuck on, and I actually feel like it's lengthier than most. It's a long road to this dungeon, too. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I remember being kind of confused like when I was in the dungeon. I was like, wait, did I miss something? Am I in the dungeon now? I thought, yeah, I thought the same, because you're in the swamp area at first. Yeah. Then you get to like the ruins. It's it's more maze-like than the other dungeons, and that's another thing I don't like about it. And there is mm-hmm. a, bu- a bunch of verticality. Very Pac-Man-esque. It, yeah. Which I like, but I don't I don't know why this dungeon just rubbed me the wrong way the whole time. Did anyone else struggle with this one? Honestly, for I forgot all about it. Okay. Yeah. It didn't just this stand the, out to you. Is this the one where you go to the clouds? Mm-mm. No. That's no. the last. That's later. Okay. That's yeah. later. That's the fifth. This one's right before, right or no? Is no, there this after is, this? The ice dungeon comes after this. Oh yes, yes, ice. Yeah. Uh, so um, this in in the Fortress of Winds, you fight the Silver Dark Nut, who is not bad. Yeah. And then you fight the Mazel, who's like that thing from Ocarina of Time. Oh, with the she's hands. like doing stand up. Yeah, Miss yeah, Exactly. Yeah, Mongo Bongo. And uh, oh, yes, I remember now. Yeah, and I actually like this boss fight quite a bit, where you have to like shoot I did too because you got the hands and stuff. You got to turn mini too, right? Yeah, you have to like go small and like go in one of its. Oh, go inside! Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. a, it was super a super creative fight. I actually really liked that part of the Fortress of Winds too, where you have to crawl inside the other like yeah statues to like turn them oh, on yeah. and off. Yeah. Like I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. It's kind of like in Donkey Kong 64 when you're Tiny Kong and you go into King Carol's shoe. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Man, taking the words right out of my... (laughs) Yes, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Thinking the same. Hern, do you have any any opinions about Fortress of Winds? Yeah, I thought it was fine. That's kind of some of the verticality I was talking about with like uh, the dust and stuff that comes here. But yeah, I I did remember that boss fight was very cool because like, yeah, you would break apart the normal type of like uh, pattern that like happens in all the like, Zelda Mario games where you hit the blinking star three times, but then you also have this extra moment where you have to shrink down and go inside and disable it from the inside, and that was really cool. That's like yeah. one of the better uses of the minish abilities in this game. Yeah, remind me, Jeremy, is this are you when you first enter this dungeon, are you using the moments a lot? I think you get the moments inside the dungeon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I'm remembering this now. Yeah, and like when you first get there, it's you're just it's like filled with dirt, and then yes, you use the moments later on. I like that. I like that. I I just like I just remember like I'm I'm still getting like like PTSD from when you first enter. You see like four rooms right in front of you, and I'm just like, ugh, I hated it because I I kept because it's not in it's not like if you want to get to the far right of the third floor map, you might have to enter the far left room to mm-hmm. get up there. It, that, yeah. and that part really, really turned my ass around. Um, we have uh, no comment. 
we <laughs> we have Temple of Droplets, a uh, a dungeon that again just thought was the best. <laughs> just absolutely loved the use of light in this. Or how you have to, oh, like, the melt. music in this one's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Using the light to melt all of the like different uh, ice fill like the ice encrusted chests and stuff and oh you get the boss key right away in this one too right and this was I, I was gonna bring up about resident evil 8 it reminded me of going to the uh the swamp guy's house yes you get, you get the you get the piece of the baby right away mm-hmm. and then later and but then you have to do the entire dungeon love it yeah i kind of like when you subvert when they subvert stuff like that like they yeah. give you the prize right away and then make you kind of work for it um okay we have the palace of winds which i believe is the cloud city that this one was sharks the clouds of the sharks yeah yeah. as somebody who just recently played uh demon souls hern was this giving you kind of some demon souls vibes yeah i just see i actually my comparison point might be more like mega man x like that air level or like even mega man 2 like the sort of like has that capcom air levels and even like sonic freestyle you see the grates and stuff beneath it as you're Mm -hmm. going along oh yeah like sonic 3 yeah i like i like these type of levels of the vibe and the fact and like honestly then i mean don't want to spoil the boss if we haven't gotten to it yet the boss yeah talk about the boss yeah the boss is we we got we have uh it's our friend in mana ray in the sky and you love this boss and it's like shadow of the dan colossus up in here it's that well or demon souls with those mana rays (laughs) in the sky that's more what i was getting 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 at yeah gotcha i see what you're saying yes i have a question about this how high up are you because we're already high up on cloud city true and then we're higher up in the palace. And then we're even higher up during mm, the boss battle. Pretty high. And then I if thought you were going to ask how high up, were they when they came up with this concept. Yeah, also, how yeah. high were they when if they If you came hit up, me yes. up on a Friday night, I'll get you pretty high too, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'll send there you right go. up to the sky. <laughs> um, I wore SVP yesterday. Oh, we didn't mention this about the te- Temple of Droplets, but the uh, big blue choo-choo. Um, I actually... Pain in the butt. Had an issue with not just yeah, fighting it, but all also the ice like bosses were kind of annoying. Um, I like the final one because it's like both a grass and an ice type, like it changes. Mm. But I didn't like the the recycling that kind of idea of the green choo choo again. Mm-hmm. I was like, give me something new here. Yeah, it was just annoying, just the big version of that one because yeah, I don't think the boomerang works on it on the big one. No. Mm. Um, so then we have, uh, the, uh, what dungeon is next? I guess it's the dark, uh, Hyrule castle, dark Hyrule castle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. dark Hyrule castle, which, um, is, is which fine is to me. Sort of the opposite thing? of like the light Hyrule yeah. castle. Yeah. <laughs> You fight um, the red dark nut in the uh, it's like if the light Hyrule Castle like watch the movie The Joker and true yes true it's Joker fight it's It's like what if crime was funny yes and now I'm laughing all the time yes (laughs) yeah kind of thing yeah so you fight the red dark nut in the Palace of Winds and in this and the Black Knight and the Va- this is where we fight Vati and Vati transfigured and then Vati's wrath. Three different mm-hmm. Vatis. 
What do we what do we think about these vatis? So vati becomes so vati. So vati <laughs> becomes uh, sort of like a big uh, orb, right? With eyes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pretty scary a bunch stuff. Of, bunch of other eyes around it, like that you have to shoot, right? Pretty yeah, scary. Yeah, I was not into all the eyes, man. Too many eyes. <laughs> like, why do you need so many eyes? Yeah, where do you get them all? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, uh, I had a little trouble with that boss because mm-hmm. I was it, yeah I didn't know you had to boss. deflect the stuff at the eyes at, in the last part of it. Yeah. Um yeah Zelda's so funny when you like go to a new boss that you have never fought before where it's like you just throw like every item you have at it right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did. What the heck yeah. works and nothing's working. Yeah and then there's that panic that sets in when like you can't tell if you just used an item wrong or if oh did I need the light arrow? Yeah, yeah, it, it would have been, yeah, yeah. been nice if I had the light arrow. Right, right. For this fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's another uh, mini dungeon called the Royal Crypt. Did anybody play through oh, that? Oh, yeah. That was cool. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I did this. I'm kind yeah, of. Yeah, was bugged. that optional? It was an optional mini dungeon. Mm, I might have missed that too. What do you. Here's me griping about how few uh, dungeons there are. In this <laughs> one. Well, I think it's like you get there using a kinstone piece. Like you, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also stones. like the Lost Woods equivalent of a, a sort of maze there. Yeah, and the game probably doesn't tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it doesn't hold your hand to get you there. But I mean, like. But I think mm-hmm. you get something for completing it, right? Maybe an item or something. Oh, um, let's look here. I I don't I actually know. I can't I didn't, remember. I didn't do it. You can. You fight some enemies and traps. Trivia. Um. I don't. It's you have to get something from it, but I don't know what. I it think is. you do. I think you. I maybe even just the heart piece or something. Yeah. Yeah, Dampy is part of this. Yeah, Dampy returns. Dampy returns. Dang. Well, I'll have to go back and do this because it seems seems cool. Um, great. I mean, that's been talking temples. What do you guys say <laughs> we uh move on to the legacy of the Minish Cap and get our asses out of here? Sure. Yes. Don't turn yeah. my ass around. Get my ass out. My ass got turned around. <laughs> so, uh, no uh, comment. Uh, <laughs> the legacy of the Minish Cap is almost zero. Yeah. There is almost no references to anything Minish Cap related in any other Zelda thing, period. Such there a are shame. a couple of items that I think end up coming back, like I said in Skyward Sword. Um, but other than that, this is the last 16-bit to 32-bit like Zelda top-down pixel art game, um, and it's a real shame. Like, I would say that they should re quote unquote remake this one, but I actually like don't want them to remake it like Link's Awakening style. Like, I think it looks. What's so cool about it is how it looks here. I don't think this this would look as charming if you put it into a 3D graphic yeah. engine. 
Um, Would you rather them sort of make an Advance Wars style of the new one? No, I would not want that either. <laughs> I, I would want them to just sort of re-release this in um, on the Switch. Just just bring it in with HD graphics and, and also redo the entire score because I love the music Whoa. in this, but all the GBA music sounds like it's coming through like a paper cup with a string that you've attached like, to another paper cup. Like an iHome speaker from 2005 when the screen sure. came out. It sounds yeah. like when my sister dropped her phone in water and then she was listening to music through her phone and it was just like scratchy, like you, like you, like you almost had the radio tuned all the way to the right dial, but you were yeah. one off. <laughs> now, were you playing with headphones or no headphones? Famously, the uh, the Game Boy Advance SP does not have a headphone. Mm, I think that's the issue. Uh, I agree. It was an issue <laughs> for sure. I, uh, I, I, again, I loved all the music, but it was just, it was so scratchy. I, again, playing this on Wii U, I might have a different opinion about the music. It might come out, come through clearer, but I still, I think it was just sort of how that music ended up sure, fitting sure. on those cartridges, you know? And yeah, you can tell with yeah. certain tracks too, for sure. Yeah. So the recording got cut off just in time for plug. So I'm going ahead and recording that separately. But again, thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon, patreon.com slash super radio. If you are listening to this on the free feed, uh, go check out patreon.com slash super radio to see what we're covering right now. I'm sure it's a different games club with uh, brand new episodes with amazing guests. But now let's drift into plugs. You can find me at uh, on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. You can follow my show on Twitter at VGA Comedy Show. You can follow Eddie Martin at Normcore Gaming on Twitter. And uh, that's where him and his wife will update you on their Twitch streams and various um, uh, gaming events. You can also follow July Diaz at July Diaz. Michael Hearn at Michael C. Hearn. Thank you so much again for listening and have a splendid Hillian evening. <laughs>